Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Before we dive in, a couple of things we've got to address that are of supreme importance. Everyone's on bated <laughs> breath awaiting the news. Who is the newest Bickford member? Jimbo, I'm happy to say that we have adopted a puppy. Now, this is a surprise to us. We, we intended, we went to the shelter with a list of adult dogs to adopt. Because yeah. I'm a replanter. I'm a replanter. I'm a reclaimer. Like, let's redeem yeah. a dog that has had some bad years. Yeah, every dog you've sent me up to this point has been an adult dog. So we, we roll in there on a Saturday, and uh, the place is packed. Volunteers, you know, everywhere. Um, so many folks just there to see dogs. Well, this college girl who's helping her mom volunteer walks by with a puppy, and Barb sees it. And long story short, Jimbo, she ends up holding the puppy. And we were just inside the door. She didn't have her coat off. It was raining. She didn't have her purse off. She's just holding the puppy. And then she she looks at me with this, you know, with the look that your wife can only give you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I knew it was over at that point. And it was over. So you know, we threw away the old dog list. <laughs> Poor old dogs are. They may still be in the pound. You know, who knows? We'll, we'll figure it out. I think we are going to adopt another uh, dog at some point. So I'm, we're going to pull for a dog of, with has some age. But yeah. Jimbo, it's like having a newborn in the house. Daisy, the pup, has joined the Bigford family. And uh, if you look on my social media, you'll see her. She's a cutie. Now we got to wait and see if Daisy makes a guest appearance on the podcast today. Will, will, we, <laughs> yes. will we hear her in the background? She's napping right now, but at, at any moment. She just got up and stretched. So uh, Barb is at her last day of preschool, and she laid back down, and she's sleeping now. But she's as cute as a bug, but, man, she bites like an alligator. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, man. <laughs> well, look, you said, you know, the look, like the look that your wife gave you. I, I've had questions as to whether my wife actually listens to this podcast, uh, but I learned, <laughs> I learned this week that she does because I got a look. She came to me. And she said, you know, you always tell me, whatever your baby wants, your baby gets, right? And that's what I tell her. And she says she wants something. I say, whatever my baby wants, my baby gets. And I and I just say, yes, right? I said, I said, yeah, yeah. She goes, well, you false advertise to your boot camp listeners. You you tried to sound all big and bold and strong and act like if I asked for a multi-poo, you wouldn't buy it. <laughs> she said, we both know the truth. If I came to you and told you to buy me a multi-poo, you would figure out how to do it. And I said, yes, ma'am, whatever. If my baby wants a multi-poo, my baby gets a multi-poo. Oh, no. But, yeah, so I had to I had to go on the air and apologize for trying to sound like I'm in charge here and like I have any say in what we buy. <laughs> if, if my wife decides we're buying a multi-poo, it'll happen. Yeah, well, I would welcome you guys getting a dog. I think, to, you know, it, I recommend pups. They're fun. They're actually research shows. They're good for your health. And uh, they, you know, because you got to exercise and you got to get out and you got to. Hey, slow down. Slow down, bro. Slow yeah. down. Don't, yeah. like, I don't know if she listens. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I. it's funny. I. Um, so my office is upstairs and Barb's, Barb gets ready and she's got a routine that she'll listen to our podcast as she's getting ready. And so 
I'm in my office working, listening her, li- listening to her, listen to us. And uh, sometimes she laughs, and then sometimes she comes in after the podcast is over and says, "Hey, uh, I need to talk to you about something." <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, well, good, good. It's, good. it's good to start off a little bit lighthearted. Uh, yeah. We've got a heavier topic to hit to today, but before we even get there, we do have a word from our sponsor that so graciously provides our website and web support, 180 Digital. They've got a webinar coming up on June 7th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Does your church struggle to connect with potential visitors? Our partners at 180 Digital are hosting a free 45-minute webinar on Tuesday, June 7th at 2 p.m. to help you clarify your church messaging so you can reach more people with the message of Jesus. Come hear about a simple seven-part messaging framework that will revolutionize your church's communication strategy and have you connecting with visitors like never before. Register at the link below. It's a podcast. There's not a link below. But you can register at the link in the show notes. There you go. And so check that out. Wesley and the good people at 180 Digital are putting that together just as a service to you guys. And so check that out. We'll have a link there June 7th, 2 p.m. for that. So I'm glad we started out with some lighthearted fun and a fun little word from our sponsor. Because we got some heavy things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get too detailed in the specifics. Obviously, there is news that has broken recently that is heavy and hard, but that's not it. It seems like it's all kind of a lot of things are falling at once. I've had uh, death of some dear, influential loved ones in my life recently, starting a few weeks ago with one of our podcast guests, Rodney Richardson of Rare Design, passed away of a rare form of cancer. And I've mentioned on here before Patty Gerald, who influenced my life pretty significantly when I was in New Orleans. She was a volunteer, kind of the lead volunteer of the youth ministry that I led in New Orleans. And she's the one that I always joke about that showed up in with a three ring binder and the calendar and the and you know, trying to pin me down on details that my brain was not equipped to compute at that point. She helped me. I was talking with a friend of hers at the funeral this past Saturday. And she said they were walking and, and she was talking about something that she was frustrated with. And, and she said, if Jimbo were here, I know he would do this better because I already fixed him. And she did. She fixed me. She raised me up. And so then, man, I also got some hard news about my sister recently has a brain tumor. I would ask all of our listeners, please pray for my sister. Her name is Shanna. She lives in Conway, Arkansas. She has a baseball-sized brain tumor that created a seizure. Apparently, it's been growing for about three years. She's in good spirits, and we're hopeful for healing. And she's got a great neurosurgeon working on a game plan right now. But you add all of that on top of really just a whole lot of other things going on in the world and in our denomination. Mm -hmm. And our hearts are heavy. And I think there's a temptation when our hearts are heavy to just move on to happy things like puppies. But... I think there's wisdom sometimes in just sitting in the sorrow and lamenting a little bit. I agree, Jimbo. You know, the common refrain in in my culture in the city where I live that I used to hear quite often is, man, I just, I just want you to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. I just want you to be happy. Now, that translates into a worldview which doesn't allow for suffering or pain, but that can be your worldview, but it's not going to be your reality. Yeah. Because you're going to experience suffering and pain. I mean, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, right? And so replanters, (laughs) in 
there was a, I don't know if there's a verse in the Bible for replanters, but it's not in this world you have, will have trouble. It's in this world you will have double trouble as a replanter, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, and, and I was actually talking to um, a DOM yesterday and he, he was saying, man, I hurt for my replanters. And he, he mentioned one who said he's a sharp, he's just a sharp guy. He's a good leader. He's been patient. He's just been under attack and his, his wife has been under attack. And so the spiritual side of the things that guys we are, you know, speaking to and people we're speaking to and the ministry is already hard. And then you throw on top of that personal stuff with marriage or with kids or with health or issue with parents or whatever, maybe, and maybe they struggle with depression and all those sorts of things. And so life, just want to say this, if, if you haven't noticed, and if you haven't experienced it, life can really be difficult. And so one of the good gifts that we have is from the Lord is a range of emotions that allows us to connect our emotions with what's really happening, not what we want to happen. Right. Yeah. And so I know in my own life, Jimbo, when I want, when my expectations, life is going to be easier and instead life is difficult. There's a disconnect in what I want and desire and what I experience. And so that throws me into an emotional place where I need a way out of there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think lament is the, is the way out. It's the road out, right? Yeah. It is, it's the opportunity for us to connect with and give voice to what we're feeling as a prayerful expression to the Lord that helps us find our way out of the difficult and dark places. Yeah, just avoiding your emotions is never a good idea. I, I firmly believe that either we intentionally take hold of our emotions and process them, or they will come out on their own, in their own way, and it'll most likely be at an inconvenient time and possibly even an inappropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. When we don't process things, when we don't deal with and sit with and take to the Lord and lament. And we just try to like push it away and, and move on. I mean, it takes a toll on us eventually. And sometimes it can lead into outburst of anger or deep grief, or maybe if you have struggles with addictions or habitual sins, you may run to those things to try to numb your pain in those times, whether that even just be something like food or Mm -hmm. laziness or pornography or something like that. And, and you, you have these, or you have these kind of synapses built in your brain of how you've learned to cope and numb pain. And you run to those rather than sitting. And so l lamenting on purpose, our fearless leader, Mark Clifton on the most recent Mondays with Mark, which we can link in the show notes as well, talked about lamenting. We had already planned to make this episode about lamenting, but he did that as well. And I imagine others will as well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said is when we choose to lament, lament, so sit in and, and process in a godly way, it gets our mind off of just ourselves and our pain. And it gets our minds on God and others and their hurt. And it puts our mind, I think, in a right perspective. There's something that happens in our brains and in our spirits, when we actually give voice to what we're feeling. Yeah. And so what, one of the things I would say to the listeners, if you have never given voice to, through a prayer of lament, the struggles and the pain and the sorrow and the brokenness and the anguish and the anger and the disappointment, all those things that you feel in the season of where things are hard, 
If you've never given voice to those in prayer, if you've never written them down, like in a journal, mm. like a prayer journal, yeah, you're keeping something inside that is meant to be expressed outwardly. Yep. That does a couple of things. I think Mark mentioned this. One is it, it declares your dependence upon it declares that it, it, it first declares the difficultness of what you're going through. Right. Then it declare it brings you place to where you declare your dependence or your need for help from God. And then it also gives you a, a, a way to disengage from just being so trapped in your pain. Yeah. Right. One thing is if you study the Psalms, you always see, particularly the Psalms of lament, there are, here's all the bad things that are happening. But then there's a turn in somewhere in the Psalm, in the middle or towards the latter part of the Psalm, but you, O Lord, are faithful, but you, O Lord, are good, but you will not leave me, right? All these sorts of things. And so the psalmist is, in essence, getting out the emotions and the bad things that he feels and always fundamentally returning to the Lord and finding truth Yeah, that God is able, God is present, God is faithful. God will judge all of those sorts of things. And I think we have to remind ourselves of those. But I'll be honest, there there are seasons when I just find myself kind of in an emotional space where I'm not engaging with the Lord through lament. And I'm just in a really bad place and stay in a really bad place until I fully enter into a an expression through prayer, through writing to get that, to get my pain out yeah, and, and to declare it before the Lord. Yeah, one of my go-to passages for this is the book of Habakkuk. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a song of lament of going through hard times and it ends. I mean, after after going through just lots of difficulty, uh, and I preached a series through this a couple of years ago, and I, and it's just like so many of the psalms, the lament uh, the lament psalms, uh, it ends with rejoicing in the Lord. And so after after processing the grief and after voicing out loud or journaling the things that are going on, which is there, if you study the brain, I mean, there's so much that that does to bring clarity and closure in your brain. After that, in chapter 3, 17 through 19, Habakkuk, it says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the field, and there be no herd in the stalls. In other words, if like everything goes in the worst yeah. possible scenario, yes. <laughs> like, like if it just goes so bad that we don't even have food, like we got nothing, like it's all gone. Yeah. Well, it's, dude, we're, I mean, we're there. Like think about the formula stuff with yeah. moms and babies and the shortages. Like we're, we're there. This is like Job level stuff, right? Yeah. So he's going, though everything is horrible. <clears throat> Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. And that's that's not easy. But here's what struck me when I was studying Habakkuk. That's not the beginning of the book of Habakkuk. That's the end. Mm-hmm. That's the final verses. And I so I also don't think it's appropriate to just go, well, Romans eight twenty eight, God works all things for the good. Right? Yes. Uh, let, let's get there, but let's not start there. And we recognize that the good in Romans eight twenty eight is is not our convenience or comfort, right? The good there is our sanctification, mm-hmm. and 
so yeah, man, there's a lot of hard stuff going on. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe, maybe the hard stuff going on in your life listener is nothing we've even listed right now. Right. And, but you've got your own personal stuff. That's just really hard right now, mm-hmm. man. I mean, I would highly encourage you like, say it out loud to the Lord or journal it. Like, even if you're not a journaler, I'm not a journaler until my emotions get to a point. Mm -hmm. Like when my emotions get to a point, I feel like, all right, I've got to, I got to get this out in a way. And, and so I'll just sit and I'll pen and paper and I'll journal it out and just make sure you, you're taking it to the Lord. Be honest with him. That's one of the things I love about the Psalms is that this, the psalmist don't hold back, but make sure you land with, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. And, and not just saying it, but keep journaling, keep processing, keep talking to the Lord until you're until you're there, until you're at that place that the Lord really is your strength. So good, man. That That is so true. We, we're going to have the sorrow, the pain, the devastation, and despair is going to make its way out somewhere, right? And so, yeah. man, we, we just, I think, I would reiterate, do that through prayer, do that through journaling. And journaling really is prayer. It's prayer yeah. while you're writing. So I think that's that's important. Yeah. I think, too, when we think of lament, there's a corporate nature to lamenting as a people or as a group. And in particular, I think we we find ourselves in one of those moments with our, our you know, tribe, our denomination, with some of the things we're experiencing. And I was dialoguing about that with one of my good friends and he's just a super good friend, a good mentor to me. And he directed me to Daniel nine, which is this long prayer of lament Mm. of heartbrokenness over the, the corporate sin of Israel and also the, the devastation and the judgment of God and the hard things that have happened to them because of that corporate sin. And and so in some regards, there may be some times where you find yourself in a church or you're replanting a church that has had some kind of thing in its past, right? And it's in a condition where it's devastated, right? And it, the church is diminished and the people are heartbroken. And they may not have ever had a, a lament over that, right? Yeah. Maybe they forced term, terminated a pastor without cause. Maybe they had a split or maybe they had some kind of other scandal that took place in that church. Maybe they, something happened and they, you know, there was a huge offense with the community. And so one of the things in terms of corporate responsibility, people and groups, churches, denominations, not everyone within those things that I just mentioned is guilty of a specific sin. Like they're not all guilty of this one sin, right? But a number of them are. And there's this situation then when, by affiliation, there's this corporate guilt, right? Individually, I'm not responsible for this, but corporately, we bear the brunt of the consequences of this. And I think in particular, we find ourselves and our tribe in, in a season like that. So, man, I would just direct the listeners to Daniel chapter nine to walk through some of those verses to think about that because Daniel expresses the the corporate nature of sin before the Lord and the devastation and the judgment, but he also understands and and has a turning point where he simply prays that God would come and deal with it according to his righteousness, right? So the end of the Psalm or the end of the the passage in Daniel chapter nine, he just prays and he says uh, in verse 18, Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Mm. 
Open your ears to see our desolation and the city that is called by your name. And I love this. He says this, for we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Mm. O Lord, hear and O O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Do not delay for your own sake. O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Yeah. Right. So he's praying and asking that God would move and that God would just that that God would just work and he would come again. And so the working of the Lord sometimes is in discipline and sometimes is in judgment in order that he might redeem his people. And so one of the things we've always seen throughout scriptures is where there are sins, there's always a sacrifice, Mm. right? And in the old Testament, there was a sacrificial system and there, there was a consequence, man. There was a consequence to the people for, they had to bring their own sacrifice. So they had to do all that. In, in the New Testament, we see that Christ bore the pain and the guilt and the weight of our sin. And he is our sacrifice that makes us whole and redeemed. And so in a, in a season of corporate difficulty and corporate struggle where you're part of a group that has, you know, some in the group have really gone astray. It's time to lament corporately and ask the Lord to move yeah. and to do his work and to, and to have that posture towards the outsiders who are looking in with critical eyes to simply say, yeah, we have, as a, as a tribe, we have done some things, some things have happened that are not according to God's word, and we are grieved about it, and we are asking God to come and move and do what he needs to do. Yeah. I think it's also important to not look at this with self-righteousness, mm-hmm. but to say that they are but by the grace of God go I. Mm-hmm. And when we have moments like this, there can be a temptation to villainize people. And I think that that's dangerous because it removes ourselves from the situation. And in in that phrase, I love that you've even used before third parties them. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and here I have a practice that's not a fun practice, but it's served me well. When I hear of someone in spiritual leadership falling from grace, I do a couple of things. I look at it. And I asked the Lord, are there any patterns in their life that led to this fall that are also in my life I need to be aware of? Mm-hmm. Are, are there, is there anything I'm seeing there that I go, man, I haven't done what they've done, but are there any patterns in their behavior that led to this that I need to be cautious of in my own life? And if I know the person, and I've done this multiple times, I, I will literally call them and say, hey, can we sit down and... Unfortunately, I've known a pretty decent number of people who have fallen from grace, probably 15 or so. And every time I ask them to lunch or coffee or something, and I'll say, I have two agendas. One, to let you know that I love you and Jesus loves you no matter what. That doesn't change. Two is to learn from you. And I want to learn. I, I don't. I have no interest in knowing nitty gritty details of what happened. I'm not asking that. I'm not asking for gossip. I'm not asking for any of those things. I don't, I'm not interested in that. Here's what I want to know. What are those patterns of behavior that that led to this being a possibility? Like what, how did we get to the place where this could happen? And here are some of the patterns that I've heard in 15 or so conversations like that. One, every one of them in one way or another has communicated that they were leading in ministry in their own strength and their competency, not their walk, but just in their skill. Right, not in pure heart, but in skillful hands. Mm-hmm. And Psalm seventy-eight two says, "These shepherded them with a pure heart and skillful hands." And there's a necessity to have both of those. 
So they're leading out of their own strength, just out of their own natural gifting. Two, they were only studying God's word for the purpose of teaching it. Mm-hmm. They, so they were not just getting into God's word to feed their soul. Number three, they either had no accountability or a false veneer of accountability where there was where they could say, oh, I met with Bob every week and we held each other accountable. But really all we did was go, hey, man, how's your week going? Right. Mm-hmm. So there was no real deep vulnerability and accountability there. And then one of the ones is that is almost every one of them told me that they have said publicly, if they were going to fall, it would never be in that way. Mm-hmm. And so those are just lessons I've tried to learn. And so I try to practice consistently studying God's word for the benefit of my own soul and sanctification. I try to practice making sure I'm not leading just out of my own natural gifting, but out of the leading of the Holy Spirit and and his strength in, in my walk. And I'm also trying to learn to have vulnerability with people, real vulnerability and accountability with people. And then to never be so arrogant to think that that couldn't be me. But there, but by the grace of God, go I. Yeah, I think it's good, man. I, I think if you are tempted in a season or situation where you you find someone or uh, a group doing or having done some things that you would say, man, I, I would never or could never. You need to be wise like that and and think through, man. That might be me. That could be me. That could be us. How? What do we need to learn? How do we not go there? Right. Yeah. And so, man, I think that's some really good counsel. And I would just say to to the listeners who are struggling, man, lament. I would say to to the leaders who are, or to to the folks that are listening that are looking at the situation around them, or people around them, or groups around them, they are going, "I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Lament about that." And then I would also say, just realize that there's probably some things in your own life that you should be lamenting about that you might not be, mm. right? And so just get some time with the Lord, be be, be uh, available to His Word, to his, to his Spirit, and, and to, to think through what's going on in your life and, and let Him drive you to a place of honesty and clarity and openness before Him so that you can be uh, fulfilled or you can be healed and then filled with the Spirit and then you can move forward. First Timothy four sixteen. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persistentness. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Lament and learn, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.